0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in. It's a new episode of the Lions 24-7 Podcast with Tyler Donahue and Sean Fitz. We're bringing you this episode one day ahead of our normal schedule and for good reason. Uh, The quarterback commitment has come for Penn State. It's the second one of the 2022 recruiting cycle. We heard from Bo Prabula, who was the initial QB in this class on the last episode of the Lions 24-7 podcast. And now we shift focus to Drew Oller, who joined this class and just gave us the correct pronunciation of his name. I'm not going to lie. We were calling him... Drew Alar last episode, same guy, same skill set, same rating, and now he is committed to the Nittany Lions. Sean just broke, (laughs) Sean, we broke the the, the commitment news, we had had the commitment news to break this morning, and now you just broke the news literally as I was initially recording this introduction on the pronunciation. I I couldn't not tell our listeners about that situation.
1: No, it's fine. And if you're listening to this and you want to play a fun drinking game, just uh, every time we pronounce it differently, just go ahead and take yourselves a drink. And that'll be, uh, that'll be a fun, a fun little thing. But, uh, Drew Aller, four star quarterback from Northeast Ohio a guy that Penn State sort of circled on its list very early after the hiring of Mike Yurcich and uh, took him a couple of weeks to build that relationship. This is a guy that Yurcich was looking at when he was back at Texas. Uh, extended that offer at the end of January and things just sort of grew from there. It just seemed to be a game-changing offer for him. It, you know, From talking to him, it's something that he had always had his eye on. But of course, Penn State had bro, Prabula. really didn't seem like it was going in that direction. Now, we'll probably get to that a little bit later in terms of the quarterback room. Um, but this is something that sort of took off pretty quickly. I think five or six weeks later, he's a Penn State commit. Number 257 nationally by the 24-7 Sports Composite. Number 10 pro-style quarterback in the country. Number 10 prospect in Ohio. Bit of a gulf there between what uh, the composite says about Aller uh, and the 24-7 sports rankings. Uh, number 89 overall prospect, number six pro-style quarterback, number five prospect in Ohio, according to 24-7 sports. And it's early. You know, we've, we've still got um, many evaluations to happen on both sides. Can go up one way, can go down the other. We will see what happens with that. But uh, very productive as a junior. guy that you know plays in an offense they spread him out five wide he throws it around quite a bit and he had a a, a lot of success there 2962 yards 26 touchdowns in 10 games. Would like the completion percentage to be a little bit higher, but uh, seems to have a lot of what you like in in a guy that uh, can go out there and just sling it around. I mean, you, you you watch the tape and he's thrown from multiple arm angles. He's thrown on the run. He's doing a lot of things that uh, really showcase what he brings to the table. Now, a bit different in terms of what we've come to expect from the last couple of years in terms of uh, quarterback recruitment. We always talk about the quarterback run. We always talk about the athleticism, the you know the pass first, run second type of thing. But but uh, that's really not what you're getting in, in, in Drew Aller. 6'5", 220, maybe a little bit more expect, uh, athletic than you would expect for a guy that you would label as a, a big, strong pocket passer guy. Uh, but there's, there's a lot to like there. Um, in terms of just uh, some of the throws that this kid makes are, are big time. We've talked about that. We had Don on last week to talk about that. Uh, we'll talk to Steve Wilthong at some point. Alan True is a big fan as well. But this is a guy that they got this tape in front of this junior tape in front of uh, the 24-7 Sports Rankings Committee and really just took off from there. And that's uh, indicative of how his recruitment went as well. All the
0: the offer list really grew for this kid. You know, Penn State was early in on this mad mad dash that occurred in late winter stages. Here, Michigan, Texas A and M, Washington, South Carolina, Indiana, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, Illinois, Louisville, Notre Dame, Tennessee. Those are just some of the schools that I've offered since Penn State offered. Um, And you've turned on the kid highlights. And I know a lot of our listeners have done that by now because this is a name that we've been discussing for several weeks. And specifically, really, the the last episode, we were hinting strongly that something could be imminent here. And you saw Sean and I both put in our crystal ball We did a terrible job teasing (laughs) that. Like,
1: we were so... We we just wanted to say, hey, he's he's doing it on Monday. We know he's doing it on Monday. The kid doesn't want us to tell you he's doing it on Monday, but he's doing it on Monday. And we just kind of... uh, Did we drop the ball? On that I don't know but we uh if you didn't see this one coming that's that's kind of on you
0: and we talked to Bo Perbula about him specifically and by the way if you missed any of that uh last episode beyond the the Drew Aller conversation that was a big part of it Bo Perbula went in on a ton of topics uh was well received by a listening audience I think people came away with a better understanding of what this guy is all about and why Penn State wants him to be a part of their locker room and I'll talk about that dynamic in a moment between Drew Drew Aller and, and Bo Perbula. but the thing with Bo Perbula is a lot of it is you know that dual threat capability. He's the number eight dual threat guy in those composite rankings right now. Uh, Aller's a top ten. Pro style guy, and and certainly on the rise for twenty four seven sports. He wasn't even in that top twenty four seven. Now he's inside the top one hundred in one fell swoop. Um, and I think when you turn on the film, yes, he can use his feet to evade some pressure. He can he can buy himself some time laterally. But you mentioned the different arm slots. I like the way he uses the entire field. You know, he doesn't seem to be wary of throwing the ball toward the sideline or throwing the ball. Down the seam there's certain quarterbacks where you see the arm strength and there's a lot of the intangibles that you like but you notice there's a hesitancy to let it rip when they're looking in specific directions uh the different quadrants of the football field then I see Drew Allar there we go first pronunciation take a drink uh Drew Drew Allar uh you know find his find his man really regardless of where he's looking like you said could the accuracy percentage take a jump yeah that's 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 for sure But this was his first year as a full-time starter. We've seen the tape. College coaches have seen the tape. I think when this is a guy who gets out in the camp circuit, it's going to further elevate his status. And something I alluded to last episode, Sean, is as things currently stand, and quite frankly, I don't see it going in a a negative direction for Drew Aller in these rankings, he is the highest-rated quarterback that will sign with Penn State. Got to get him to sign, but as things sign – as things stand, no one has been into that top 100 at the quarterback spot uh, like this kid is currently. And, and and barring some you know major slippage in his style of play or some kind of red flag that gets raised here, I I think he's going to be pretty comfortably situated inside that top 100 when he ultimately puts pen to paper. And if it is Penn State, we'll see where Bo Buell lands in those rankings because I think he's got some rising to do. But we're talking about uncharted territory for James Franklin and the quarterback talent that he's brought into Penn
1: State. Yeah, we we look at all that stuff and you look at what Penn State's been able to do at quarterback in the last couple of years, it just hasn't been able to blow you away if if you take a look at our rankings on 24-7 sports, you, you've got, uh, I think, uh, Sean Clifford was an 88, so a high three-star. Will Levis was a high 80s guy. Taquan Roberson, I think, may have been the highest. I, he was either an 88 or, or dropped at the last uh, minute. Uh, but no, there's a lot of those guys, high three-star guys, physical tools for some of them, accuracy for some of them, athleticism for some of them. Michael Johnson Jr. was a mid-80s guy for us because we weren't sure how he could throw the ball, and that, unfortunately, ended up being the case. Uh, but yeah, and you Christian just look at you. By the, the way,
0: what lands right in that high three star kind of caliber as well in the 24 7 sports assessment.
1: Exactly, and and you've got a little bit of of, of everything in that room. Um, you know, just uh, you get the grittiness with uh, with Clifford. You got the big arm with Will Levis, which never really came to fruition because the accuracy wasn't there. You got the accuracy with Roberson. We haven't seen the big arm from him either. And uh, Veiu, unfortunately, just kind of a victim of the circumstances here. Never, we're not really sure where he's at in terms of uh, accuracy, arm strength. I think the combination there was starting to come together. And then you've got Prabula who we labeled as an athlete to begin with and then eventually changed him to a quarterback and you know you sort of see the the it's indicative of the change that they're looking to do. Uh, Drew Aller, 6'5, 220. There's not too many of those guys around. Um, but it's it's a little bit different because you think of the Morellis the Hackenbergs those guys that we labeled as as the statues that just stand in there and and sit back and try and uh, throw it all over the place you look at Drew Aller's film and that's really not the case i mean he he does a bunch of stuff from the pocket but a lot of what college football coaches and and really all co- uh, pro football coaches as well are looking for is is really those those scramble throws that you know you you're going to get under pressure you're going to move move around in the pocket you're going to do some things and i think that's really what Aller does best he's he's all over the place in terms of ball placement in terms of uh you know just putting it where his receiver is going to be and that's not something you see from a ton of high school quarterbacks in fact it's it's interesting interesting to watch a lot of the um you know a lot of this tape from from other high school quarterbacks and a little bit with Alar, but you see the offense sort of how it evolves around that, that prospect. And a lot of times it's not very good. And, and, and it's maybe masked by stats. It may be masked by wins or, or something like that. But, you know, a lot of these high school quarterbacks. Don't seem to take that next step when they get to college just because they can't handle it. Looks like, you know, based on his highlight tape, game film, things like that, looks like he's got something that's, you know, a little bit more instinctual than we're used to seeing. So be interesting to see wh- how he develops over the next couple of years. I don't, I don't know that he's a guy that steps in and starts day one, but he's got a lot of the tools to do so. And really when you're looking at what Penn State's brought into that room over the last five years, you really haven't seen that from from anybody so he's probably further along than than you know you would expect based on the recent history of uh, of Penn State's quarterback recruiting
0: he's got some of that freakiness to his game that we love to to watch in the NFL where you've got guys who are are long and and move just differently than you'd anticipate when you think of a six foot five quarterback back there, and also a guy who who can if he's on the move or if he's got a defender in his face, he can adjust that arm. He can get the ball out with velocity. Um, that, that, you know that's the kind of stuff we love watching on television, and that's the kind of stuff you would love to be able to see from a Penn State quarterback, a, a quarterback who can elevate the offense rather than an offense that needs to just survive in spite of its quarterback. Or an offense that can get along because of its quarterback. You want a quarterback who can say this, you know, take the offensive game plan and be able to to tell your offensive coordinator and your quarterbacks coach you can expand it a bit because of those abilities. Uh, I think with Bo Perbula, who's up to six foot two, two hundred fifteen pounds, and with Drew Aller, you're bringing in a level of athleticism there that can open the door for you. I'm curious to to see what kind of speed. Oller brings, I don't think we have a straight line kind of uh, understanding of what his 40-yard dash is at this point. Um, I've heard people bring up Josh Allen, um, but Josh Allen, that's a true, true, true freak uh, who was was running, uh, You know, I think, somewhere in the 4.7s at the time he was coming into the league at that size with 230-plus pounds on his body. So I'm curious to see how fast Drew Drew Oller is exactly, but I know that you're getting a heck of an arm talent, and you're getting a guy that's on the rise and, and really had every right to say, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to enjoy this. All these schools are knocking on my door. I haven't had a chance to visit most of them. Uh, hey, I'm going to I'm going to keep hearing the conversations. To me, the ability to get it done in these circumstances, without the official visits taking place, and without really getting uh, Drew Aller onto these different uh, you know platforms where he's having face to face conversations with some of the more credible coaches across college power football, college football. You're getting it done right now with Mike Yersich and James Franklin and Penn State getting this commitment on board uh, at a point where things are taking off for him. So I, I just think it's a massive win for the Nittany Lions. And and if I could, Sean, the two-quarterback dynamic, you and I have both seen this play out, not just at Penn State in the past, I'm sure, but across nationally. When I talk to guys about two-quarterback classes, it is awkward. There's a bit of an icy nature to those conversations. And if you went back and heard Bo Perbula talk about it, that was – at the opposite end of this of the spectrum. And he understands that where the numbers are for the quarterback room, they are what they are. The competition is awaiting. Um, But there have been times where I've talked to, whether it's the first quarterback in the class or the guy who's considering being the second quarterback in the class, they will go all the way to signing day without having any kind of communication. These two have already made contact.
1: Yeah, it's. I think there's something to be said for that, and I think that's there's a sort of awareness there. And you know, I, I don't want to say that you know what they do online or what they do in their group text and everything can can bleed over to the field, but you can pick up on that. The rest of the guys in the class can pick up on that. I think that there's there's something to be said for that. So yeah, it, it'll it, it's going to be a competition. And I think honestly, the the game has changed in the last several years with the portal because you know even if you're a one quarterback class, you could still end up in a two quarterback class if somebody brings in a junior or a senior. You know that, that that's just part of the situation that that every college is finding themselves in, especially because we have such a huge turnover rate at the quarterback position anyway. So you know the chances of both of these guys being a starter not great, but the chances of one of these guys being a starter I think is pretty darn good. So uh, you look at uh, you look at what they bring to the table, and it's it's interesting because if they were running backs, we would say oh they complement one another. If they are receivers or something like that, now they're they're more contrasting. You know it's it's a style versus style thing here and, you know, that's good to have, I think. And, and I don't know that, I don't know how well Bo Prabula fits into what Mike Yersich is trying to do on offense, but I think he's going to do his his thing and try to improve, and that's always been the thing with uh with Prabula Is he's got to improve as a passer, and the athleticism's there. You might have the flip side with uh, with Drew Aller, where you've got uh, a lot to like in terms of arm talent, a lot to like in terms of throwing the ball around and and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, maybe some of that athleticism comes along. You mentioned the the Josh Allen comparison. It, it's it's actually pretty funny because last year that would have been an insult. Now you're looking at like. Hey, that's pretty exciting. I think it is exciting. You got a guy that can move like that at at that size. He's, he's, he's going to get bigger undoubtedly. He's going to get, uh, the right size put on, I would say, and see what that arm can do in that, in that situation. So I'm excited, uh, in terms of watching a quarterback prospect like this grow, um, because he, you know, he wasn't on the radar a month and a half ago or, or, or anything for Penn State. Now all of a sudden you get to know him and you're like, There's some pretty, pretty darn good tools out there that you can work with. So we'll, we'll see what happens in the next several years. But, uh, for Penn State to be in this situation, especially with the start that they've gotten with the rest of the 2022 class, the receivers that they've gotten on board so far, I think it's a a big step forward to get them in the boat. And, you know, you can, you can use that. You can use that with, uh, with skill players. You can use that with linemen. Everybody knows the quarterbacks. And I think that that's going to be something that can pay off in the, in the long run. Each
0: one of Penn State's eight committed players now in the 2022 recruiting class are considered composite four-star prospects. And and you've got two of them at quarterback now. You've got at least two, maybe three of them at wide receivers, depending where Makai Flowers plays college football, whether that's safety or at receiver. And you've got another one at tight end, another one on the offensive front. We've talked about... The offensive class coming together, and if you can bring in a guy like Nick Singleton, which, uh, by the way, you know that was someone that Bo Perbula went on for a while, you'll hear from one of those wide receivers in just a matter of minutes. Caden Saunders joined the show, the first overall commitment of this 2022 class. You'll really like to hear his reaction to bringing another quarterback in the mix, another Ohio guy. This is another Ohio native joining the Penn State class. And by the way, we did get to some of the recruiting conversation with Caden Saunders that a lot of people have been wondering about from his perspective, where he's taking his process and what the communication has been like with Penn State and with other programs as well. but. Uh, putting a bow on this quarterback conversation until the next time we pick it up, which is going to be later in the week, Sean. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 We're preparing for this press conference in just a matter of moments with, with Anthony Poindexter, the safeties coach for Penn State. So we're going to keep this one relatively short so we can get it up there. But I want to circle back the, the, the last two times Penn State signed multiple quarterbacks under James Franklin, 2014, 2019. One of those guys was, was off the roster before the start of his second college season.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's part of the position these days, and a ton of turnover. The portal is certainly there, and and it's appealing. and And I think there's different reasons for you know obviously Michael O'Connor um, and, and Trace McSorley was a different situation, different scenario than than Michael Johnson Jr. and Taquan Roberson. And I feel this is kind of different as well. This is uh you know you've got uh, a little bit. I think you're, you're establishing yourself and, and they wanted to get two quarterbacks in both those classes. It's, it's, it's always an option. It never really comes to fruition. Um, but they, they've established that this is what they're going to do. This is a new offensive coordinator. This is a clean slate for pretty much everybody. And, you know, is, is there an argument to be made that, that Drew Aller is, is Mike Yersic's guy? I th- think, that's very, very possible. So, um, you, you can't, uh, first you can't help The first quarterback he offered,
0: the first quarterback he, he got committed. I mean, it's, it's hard not to apply that label.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you can't, you can't know which direction it's going to go in the next couple of years, but still, I mean, you, you've got to take that into account and, and say, okay, this is the style that you want to go with. This is the guy that you want to go with. Uh, it's, it's certainly, I don't want to call it a 180 from what you were doing, but, uh, it's certainly much different than the offense that we saw at the tail end of the 2020 season. So it's just, uh, there's promise there. And I think that's probably what you haven't had in the last couple of years. Um, you know, I'm, Big Christian Vayu fan. As I said, I, we don't know enough about him, about he what he was able to do in the last year of his high school career because of the pandemic and everything. You knew I was not a big Micah Bowens fan. Uh, Michael Johnson Jr. always thought he'd probably be a wide receiver. Roberson fan. I, it's just uh, – there's a lot of different pieces and there's a lot of um, contrasting pieces, as I just alluded to what I what I said earlier in this quarterback room. So we'll see if it starts to get back into a different sort of style, and 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 if that's going to see this offense take off. Because you look across college football, you look at what who's been successful, and it's been it's been those big time arms, it's been those big time athletes at uh, at quarterback that can get it done in in several different ways. You're not just bringing in a running quarterback anymore. You're not just bringing in a guy that's going to throw it around like you're. Uh, you know. Texas tech or something like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a balance and these guys got to have it. And I think that these, these two that they have in 2022 have a, have a lot of it.
0: Roberson better make some strides this year on campus, better prove exactly what he is on year number three and and what he can provide because he's got a lot of competition heading his way. Sean Clifford turning 23 years years old in July, two more years of college eligibility. And if you weren't excited about this two quarterback class uh, for 2022 yet, they are both on track to enroll in January, so we're talking about guys that are going to be in this mix in less than ten months, Sean. That's pretty big time for for Mike Yersich, for Penn State and for both those young passers in terms of their development and the way they could impact Penn State early in their college careers. Um, I think that's well. The- I think I
1: think it's obvious you, you got to flip the room. I mean, you you look at what Penn State. Has done in the last year and obviously they haven't gotten what they wanted out of it. And, you know, if you can flip the room fast, I know that we've talked about a transfer portal quarterback and, and things like that, but obviously there's nothing really out there right now, uh, but you're looking to flip the room and whether that's in your, you know, in, in, in on your current roster or in the 2022 class. I mean, that's, that's really the direction you got to go with.
0: All right, well, that's going to put a pin in it for now. We've got a lot more to talk about the quarterback spot uh, later in this week and and certainly in the weeks ahead. But uh, you're going to hear from Caden Saunders next. Sean, will step aside. Caden Saunders will take over his seat uh, and and just a lot to get to with him. And and starting off with this quarterback news, here he is, top-ranked Penn State commit, Caden Saunders. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. He was the first member of this 2022 recruiting class way back in July of 2020. That group got a little bit bigger today with the addition of quarterback Drew Alar. I know Caden Saunders is excited to add another blue chip quarterback to this class. I know he's excited to see this group grow in general, and we're excited to get him back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Caden, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. I'm doing great, and And obviously, big news coming for Penn State today. Drew Alar making his decision, putting that out there publicly. When did you start to get the sense that
2: things were going to work out this
0: way for Penn State and
2: Um, Probably the very beginning of March, end of February. Drew started texting me. um, He's supposed to be coming to throw with me here soon in Columbus, so we're already going to start building our relationship on the field and over social media, so it'll be great getting to know him and, um, us working out together is really going to build our relationship going forward. He's another Ohio guy. Um, for a lot of us,
0: Drew Alar wasn't really on the radar until a couple months ago. Penn State put out the offer. All of a sudden, everybody's putting out an offer for this guy. Have you known about Drew since way back? I guess.
2: Um, I I've heard of him. I heard of him last year, but I didn't know he was going to blow up like he did. Um, his junior his junior film was really good, so it's well deserved for him. But, yeah, I, I knew of him, but I didn't know he was going to blow up like he did.
0: He is up in that top 100 rankings right there with you. Uh, I, I know you want to keep rising. I know he wants to keep rising. But to bring in a player of this caliber, considering there's no official visits and there there's no face-to-face recruiting, and for, for this to get done by Penn State, what kind of message does it send about offensive coordinator Mike Yursich and about your 2022 class?
2: Yeah, uh, Coach Urchich definitely knows what he's doing. So I think quarterbacks see that and see his – they see his development with quarterbacks and what he does with them in the offense that he brings to the table. And that's just an exciting offense that quarterbacks want to be a part of. Same with receivers. And just his his philosophy that he uses is um, better than a lot of coaches. So I think quarterbacks notice that. Drew noticed notice that. And I think that's why he jumped on board. Bo Pribula
0: has been on board just about as long as you have been. And speaking with him on our last episode of this podcast, Caden, it was very apparent that he welcomes the competition. He understands the circumstances. They need to do something for the numbers at quarterback. And he says the competition has already started. Now, that's before you get to campus. What does it say about Bo Pribula that there's no drama? I mean, there's a lot of situations I've seen over the years where you're talking two quarterback class, you're talking drama.
2: Yeah, that just shows that Bo's character is one of the best out of anybody in our class. Like, He's good to compete for anything he does. So just that healthy competition that we're going to have in the quarterback room is just going to build our team up and not bring us down at all.
0: I know both of those guys are very excited to have a wide receiver like you in their future. And, and Caden, congratulations on the junior season because we talked last summer and you said one of the top things on your to-do list was go out there, post the kind of production that you knew you were capable of. I'm going to give our listeners a quick read off of your stat line last year, 47 catches, 958 yards and 13 touchdowns. That's wild dealing with constant attention from opposing defenses what did you accomplish during the 2020 season?
2: Um, I Really, I just accomplished getting as far as I could with my brothers this season with everything going on. There was a lot of doubt this year for if we are going to have a season or not. So every week was an opportunity to get out and play with my brothers. And I made, it, made the most out of my advantage um, going out and playing with them every Friday for the eight weeks that we could play. So I'm just happy that we even got a season.
0: How did you see opponents change the way they approached you from week one of your junior year to the, to the final week? Was it a different kind of look each week? Were there were there different obstacles in your way that you had to overcome? And what did that do for the rest of your teammates with that attention on you?
2: Yeah. Um, so last year, me not having the best season I could have teams probably underestimated me a little bit. So having the first game that I did, scoring three touchdowns, that brought a lot of attention to me. So after that first game, I I saw double teams, guys over top of me bracketing me. And that just opened up the other three receivers that we had on the field. And I personally think we had the best receiving core in, in the state. So then double teaming me just let all the other receivers do their thing. And that's why we were so productive.
0: Well, you've got the Under Armour All-America game selection now under your belt. You were one of the major risers in 24-7 sports rankings during your junior season. But I know you put out there, you put out a reaction uh, when you landed there. I think what uh, somewhere in the mid-80s in these rankings, you said, stay tuned, something of that designation. You feel like you're ready to open more eyes in the next year.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely uh, not. I'm satisfied, but I'm not satisfied. Um I'm going to continue to rise in the rankings, and I'm going to keep putting in the work to do that. So, at the
0: best of the Midwest Combine in Indiana a few weeks ago, not only were you impressive in wide receiver work, you played a little cornerback too, showcased those kind of skills, but you also showcased the speed. And I knew you were fast, but four three one fast is at a different level. That was a hand times forty yard dash. Have you run any better
2: than that? No, that was actually my best. My last hand time um, was, I think, a 4.35, I'm not mistaken. But my trainer and I, we were shooting for 4.36, 4.38, somewhere in that range. So we were both surprised when I popped off the 4.31. And you ran that 4.31 at what size right now? About 5.10, 165.
0: You combine that speed with the route running, you know, where do you think you are in your evolution as a receiver? We talked last time you said there were comparisons to KJ Hamler from the Penn state staff. What have they seen from you? What's been the feedback from Taylor Stubblefield upon reviewing some of your film and, and getting a chance to learn more about you?
2: Yeah. Um, so they see me playing inside and outside, not just limiting me to the slot because of the matchup problems that I can bring to the table. So the offense that Coach Jurchich is bringing in and the schemes that he has set, uh, they see me playing inside and outside, just getting to the best matchups and getting the ball in space.
0: Last time you were on the show, we didn't know what the Penn State wide receiver group was going to look like under Taylor Stubblefield. By the end of the season, although there were some struggles, certainly for the, the team overall, wide receivers seemed to come out. Looking positive, certainly. Jahan Dotson led all the big ten players in receptions. You had Parker Washington as one of the more productive freshmen across college football. And then another true freshman in the lineup with Keandre Lambert Smith. How did your assessment of Taylor Stubblefield change during those few months?
2: Yeah, I was I was a little bit unsure because I've I've never known about Coach Stubblefield, but after I saw what those three receivers did this year, it just reassured the the fact that um, Penn State always is going to have great coaches and they're going to hire Coach Frank is going to hire the best guys that he thinks can get the job done. And Coach Stubblefield definitely did that.
0: What did it mean to see two true freshmen in the starting lineup by the end of that season? Uh, both guys getting their looks for someone who I'm sure wants to play as a true freshman. What kind of message does that send?
2: Yeah, it just shows that if you go in and put in the work, outwork people, then if it's, if it's your time, then you can get on the field, and that's what I plan to do, go in and work hard, hopefully get on the field.
0: Have you been in communication with anybody in that wide receiver's room aside from Stubblefield? Do you Have you talked to Jahan Dotson at any point or, or uh, Parker Washington at any point?
2: Um, we talked to Parker on a Zoom call, but he's the only receiver that I've talked to. Um, John and I just followed each other on Twitter the other day, so I'm, I'll get in contact with him. I'll get Coach Silverfield to get me in contact with some of those guys. We spoke with Bo about this, and I want to bring it up
0: here. For watching the program start 0-5, you get to this point where it's the following spring, and you've got one of the best recruiting classes in college football. It's like you guys weathered that storm, kept moving. Penn State won its final four games, calmed down the situation a bit. How has it been able to stay together with without many bumps in the road, even with all these coaching moves?
2: Yeah, because everyone just knows that Penn State is always going to be one of the best programs in the nation. This year was a fluke year, in my opinion. So all the other recruits, all of us, we know that Penn State is one of the best teams in the country, and we're going to continue to prove that. And that's why people still jump on board with the year that we had. Um, it doesn't really affect them and the coaching staff knows what they're doing and knows how to recruit so they they know the guys they want
0: Now you have made at least one trip to Happy Valley during the shutdown right maybe a couple when's the last time you were in town
2: Last time I was in town was for the Ohio when they played Ohio State
0: Okay so that was I think Landon Tengwall was on campus and yeah.
2: Ken Tally was he also on campus for Ken Tally Drew Shelton Landon um 2023 Target Luke Montgomery, and I think that was it. So there was a, a, a
0: little bit of a get together, but what's it going to mean when you know? Knock on wood, this summer perhaps you guys are all able to get together as a group, put down your phones, put down the zooms, and look face to face at your future teammates. What's that moment going to be like for you guys?
2: That's going. That's going to be really exciting. I'm. I'm excited to meet all these guys in person. Of course, I've met Ken already, and hopefully this thing opens back up so I can see all my guys in person.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about Ken Talley? Because it seems like he he is very proud of this Penn State class and he's not afraid to show that off. Uh, I know he's had some fun on social media. I think you may have, have had some fun with him over the course of the last few months. What kind of a personality has he brought to the recruiting class?
2: Ken's, Ken's the class clown. That's how I describe him. He, he <laughs> likes to joke around a lot. All right. Well, every class needs one of those guys and he brings the
0: skill set as well. Right now he's kind of on an island because he's the defensive guy. Maybe Makai Flowers ends up at safety. Maybe he's with you at wide receiver. One guy who's going to be with you at wide receiver is is Anthony Ivey. And you told me a long time ago, he's somebody you want to play with at the next level. You saw that potential for a really strong duo with you two. Why do you see that in Anthony Ivey's game and how can you two complement each other?
2: Yeah, we, um, I think we complement each other well just because of the two styles of, or the styles of game we both have. And um, I think we're similar in some ways, but in a lot of ways we're different. So just teams having to deal with both of us on the field at the same time, I think uh, they'll struggle with that, having to guard both of us, having to choose one of us to guard. We just talked about the recruitment
0: of Drew Allard and how that kind of blew up. You've been committed for a while, but doesn't mean teams aren't going to keep knocking on your door. The offers have continued to show up at your doorstep from different Power 5 conferences. Certainly, you've gotten some attention from Penn State fans and fans of other schools as these offers have gone out. How do you juggle being a committed prospect and also a prospect who is willing to hear from other schools?
2: Yeah, um, my older sister went through uh, the recruitment process. And I think you talked to my dad about that, but, um, just making sure that the Penn state coaches, the coaching staff knows that I'm still committed to them. And, um, I just continue to hear from these other schools and not shut any doors. That's just the main thing. So if I continue to get recruited, that's great. But at the end of the day, I'm still committed to Penn state.
0: And just because I know not everybody who reads our stuff listens to the podcast and not everybody who listens to the podcast reads our stuff. Your older sister was a Division One softball recruit committed to a program before her senior year. They underwent a coaching change. The new coaching staff did not honor that commitment. And your family was left to scramble for a, a kind of a secondary fit to figure it out before mm-hmm. the game. How did that kind of make an impression on you? Because I guess at the time you would have been an eighth grader, a freshman. Yeah. You know, uh, what kind of an impression has that made on you?
2: Yeah. I was young at the time. So I didn't know that I was going to be getting recruited how I am now. I didn't even think I was going to be playing football in college. I thought I was going to be playing baseball. So uh, seeing that, I kind of felt bad for uh, knowing that she was left in the dust with nowhere to go for a couple of weeks right before signing day. So, that's why uh, my family and I think it's best that I still hear from these schools and don't burn any bridges.
0: Now, the next kind of fork in the road for your recruiting cycle is going to be when official visits can happen again. How will you navigate that? Because it's one thing to be having the conversations with other coaching staffs, maybe hopping on the phone or a Zoom you know, getting on a plane or getting in the car and going to another campus, that's not Penn State. I'd imagine that's kind of a different deal. H- have you discussed that with the coaching staff at Penn State or with your family?
2: Um, I, I haven't discussed that right now. I'm just I just know for sure I'm taking one to Penn State. I'm pretty sure we have the date locked in or somewhat locked in for the commits. Uh,
0: is that the one in late June that we've been hearing about?
2: Yeah, June 25th through 27th, I think. All right. Yeah. I heard that from
0: Jerry Cross because he has not been to campus and I know he's excited to do that. Um, So enough about the recruiting, at least your recruiting. How about some targets, guys that you're involved in the process for? Because Nick Singleton has been a hot name. We talked about the receivers that Penn State has, the quarterbacks. Jerry's filling a a big need at tight end. Drew Shelton, who you mentioned spending time with out on the offensive line. Running back's a spot that hasn't been addressed yet. How important is Nick Singleton for you guys?
2: Yeah, Nick Singleton's big. Um, Coach Snyder tells me to get on him a lot. He's he's more of a low key guy, so he doesn't really get on social media a lot like that. So we really gotta be on him hard and show him how much we want him here. So I'm pretty I'm pretty sure we're in a good spot with him though.
0: A few of the names you mentioned as targets way back in last summer are now your future teammates. They're committed. Who are some guys out there who haven't made their college decisions that, that you've been staying on? And, and tell us a little bit about why you like them as fits for
2: the class. Darius Clemens, uh, to, he's one of the other receivers that I think would fit well with the group we have now, just because um, the way we complement each other, he's a bigger receiver, but he's also fast as well. So um, I think teams would struggle uh, and having us on the same side. That'd be crazy. So. Um, he's he's one of the receivers that i talk to on a consistent basis. Um, I, I like talking to mumu bin wahad from Grayson uh DB um I think we're in a good spot with him as well we, he just dropped his top schools and we were in it so I'm gonna continue to be on him well Eni white uh all the commits are on him heavy same with Gunnar Givens so those those are just a few. Few
0: on the list, um, and I'm sure that will continue to evolve as as things move forward. Just a couple more questions for you, Kid, and then we'll let you move on with with your day here. But I wanted to kind of bring it back to your development because you took a big step on the field last season. Got one more high school season ahead of you. In your viewpoint, where do you think those biggest progressions are going to come between now and when you get to a college campus?
2: Probably in the weight room, at, um, adding strength and. Muscle mass, probably. And then, when you do get to a college campus, do you
0: have that time frame in mind? Are you working toward early enrollment? Are you looking at next summer? What is the realistic enrollment plan for you?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm for sure going to be enrolling early. Um, I made sure I got all my credits done this year, so next year I'm. I won't have to worry about if I'll have enough. So, me and my guidance counselor worked that out last year to make sure I had enough. So, I'll be enrolling early.
0: And why is that so important from your perspective to to be on campus in January instead of June?
2: Just so I can get familiar with the playbook and everything going on. And I think, in my opinion, that gives um, me a better chance to get on the field early. If I learn the playbook, get in the weight room with strength and conditioning staff, get acclimated with the school, all that type of stuff, I think it gives me an advantage. Well, Caden, thank you so much for joining us again as a repeat guest here in the Lions 24-7
0: podcast. And uh, hey, wishing you a great baseball season in these months ahead. Appreciate it. Caden Saunders has been the center of several discussions on the message boards at lines 247com during recent weeks about his rising recruitment, about his ascension as a recruiting target among Power 5 programs. And I do hope that hearing from the man himself provides some perspective and some context about where his career is headed, about where his recruitment process is headed. And we now know where the finish line is for that. High school graduation, midwinter, enrollment on campus in January. And although it is still very early in this cycle, a good foundation of early enrollees That we're looking toward next January. Bo Perbula put his name in that mix when he joined us on the Lions 24-7 podcast last week. Our understanding is that Drew Aller is also on track to enroll in January as well. So we'll continue to keep tabs on the 2022 recruiting class developments. Things seem to be working quickly with a lot of different targets taking shape. Maybe official visits on the horizon in June. Stay with us at lions247.com here on the podcast as well. Plenty of coverage on the Aller Commitment up on the site today. Head over, check all that out, get a better understanding of this impressive quarterback that Penn State has brought on board. On behalf of Sean Fitz, I'm Tyler Donahue. We thank Caden Saunders for his time. And of course, we thank you for your time. We'll talk to you a little bit later this week.